Hi, hello, how are you, sunshine? Welcome to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Diddle. I am a small town girl from upstate New York. I'm a diagnostic medical sonographer, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, six-figure entrepreneur, future functional medicine doctor, and conscious joy spreader. I am obsessed with helping you navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively uplevel your life starting today. We often see books with titles like The 10 Secrets of the World's Most Successful People Crowding the Shelves of Bookstores, and these books may give useful tips but they're usually a list of unconnected pointers, like take more risks or believe in yourself. And while you're left admiring people who can do that, it's never clear how these things fit together or how you could ever become that way. I'm speaking from experience here when I say people look at me and speak to me like I'm crazy sometimes. Like, Shauna, how do you do all these things alone? How do you always change? You know, I just don't understand your mindset. You take all these risks. And the most important thing, biggest takeaway, risk taking is a muscle that you build. It is hard to do. It is uncomfortable, but so is leg day in the gym and you don't skip leg day, right? Nobody skips leg day. So today we're going to talk about risks in your life, what that looks like and how to train your risk muscle, because ultimately you're not forgotten about. You're not left by the wayside just because you're 50 and you've never left your state. There's no judgments here. There's always time to do what you want to do. There's always time to take more risks. And I read this um, online and it said, risk is ubiquitous. So it's found everywhere in daily life. You cannot avoid it. Every day, people weigh the costs and benefits of important life decisions like medical treatments, financial investments, leisure time activities, and even life partners right? Two things we think about most, money and time. What's it going to cost and how much time is it going to take? And I feel like depending on what season you are in your life, you weigh those things very differently. Like if you're toward the end of your life and by end, like you don't even know it's the end of your life, but if you've lived 60, 70, 80 years, I bet you time is more important to you. And if you're in your early twenties and you've been broke your whole life and you don't even know what it's like to, you know, not live paycheck to paycheck, money might be more important. Regardless, in order to live the life that you want to live and create the life that you want to live, you have to take take risks. You cannot follow the conventional path that society has told you is normal. I'm using air quotes, normal, because there is no normal. It's your your life, your way, do it. You do you, boo, right? So even though you think you can avoid risk-taking, you can't. You can live in your bubble, bubble, bubble for so long. You know, you can only live there so long. Eventually, somebody's going to pop it right? You're not going to let people in. It's like living alone on an island. You can only do it for so long. So the question is, how do you embrace it? First, let's think about what risks we might not be taking or things we could be avoiding. Because ultimately, guys, just listening to podcasts, you can be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, I didn't even know I was doing this. So maybe it's the new job. Maybe you are just so afraid to leave the job you've been at for 15 years to start something new. What if the grass isn't greener on the other side? Who cares? Leave anyway. Okay? Leave anyway. Starting the business. Oh my gosh. Who's going to do my taxes? What if one month I don't get the same amount as the month before? What if my clients leave me? 
you know, how do I hire business coaches? What if they steal my money? All these things, right? How do I start a corporation? What's the difference between an S corp and an LLC? Who cares? Do it anyway. You know, go, Sean, this is great advice. (laughs) Just wait, just wait. Speaking from experience here, leaving the relationship. But what if he's the one? What if he's the one? Even though we fight all the time, what if he's the one? He might be the one. Yep, he might, but he might not be. If it's not aligning with your values and your beliefs and what you want in a relationship, leave. Take the risk and leave. We often risk losing ourselves before we risk a new situation. Let me say that again. We risk losing ourselves before we risk a new situation. How freaking ridiculous. There's always going to be new jobs always going to be a new business to start, always going to be new relationships for you. Do not lose yourself. Do not take away, do not steal your own joy to try to live up to societal expectations. Because I have to tell you the bubble that I would be living in right now, oh my gosh, it makes me cringe. So maybe it's entering the new relationship. Oh man, so you've been heartbroken, you've went through your shit. Do we take the risk? Do we be vulnerable again? Anybody can leave. The door is always open. You have to choose each other every single day. And listen, we all have different past experiences that compound and add to who we are. That's great. We can't just draw the line in the sand and be like, okay, this is a new person. Let's forget everything we've ever been through. It's just not how it works. So maybe your significant other has only been in relationships with narcissists. And now here you are, healed, level-headed, healthy, and a safe space for him. And yet his body and his mind have adapted and changed based on these prior circumstances, relationships, and now he's addicted to those fight or flight chemicals. So everything turns into something and you're just like, I I don't know, I can't say anything right. Or maybe you're afraid to say anything at all. He always has to defend his point of view and any change in your tone of voice might trigger him or her. Like I could go either way. So yes, look in the mirror and evaluate your approach. You took a risk on this person, right? Nobody is ever fully healed. Like it is a journey, right? A journey of becoming. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to have somebody who supports you and is by your side, but it's also a risk, right? You don't want to be treated poorly. You don't want to be talked down upon. You have your values. You don't want to be disrespected. So make sure you approach the situation in a way that's received well, calm, collected, level-headed, right? Don't yell and scream. But again, it's still a risk. And the only reward comes if you're both willing to acknowledge what you need to work on without losing yourself. Because let me tell you, the front door is always there. And sometimes, actually, 98% of the time, it feels like the easiest thing to do. But like I said, the grass isn't always green on the other side. Leave if you feel like you've exhausted all your other options and you're not feeling heard and you're not treated right. But remember, as much as it's a risk to stay, it's also a risk to leave. And you have to trust your gut, trust your intuition, that small, tiny voice talking to you. So love yourself first and then decide whatever it is, if it's worth the risk. I'm here to tell you it's always worth the risk. It requires a lot of tough conversations with employers, with friends, with partners, with anybody And in having the tough conversations, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be real. You have to be stern on your boundaries because often we forget our own boundaries. 
They're just crossed left and right and we lose who we are. So if risk is ubiquitous and it's found everywhere in daily life, what can we do to be better risk takers? What can we do to say goodbye to what no longer serves us and to embrace what will serve us if we open the door to it? The first thing that I want to mention is that all risks are not created equal. So for some people, like for me, I went skydiving a couple times, right? That's risky. Yeah, that's a way I could I could die that way for sure. But it was exciting and fun and yeah, it was a risk. But to others, you know, the biggest risk that they may have been taking in the past 20 years, it could, could be like switching up their Starbucks order or parking in a different parking spot at work. So wherever you fall in this category, it's okay. It's a part of you and a part of your life. Regardless, risk by nature, it requires us to suspend logic or reason. We have to extend ourselves into the discomfort. You have to extend yourself into the discomfort. If it's comfortable, you're not growing, you're not taking risks. And in the beginning, it's going to feel really bad, like fearful, like that pit in your stomach. Oh man, what do I do? What do I do? And anxiety ridden. This is where yoga and meditation and breath work come into play. But ultimately it enhances our lives for the better because the magnitude of risk, whether it be, whether it be going skydiving or ordering a new latte determines the magnitude of the reward. So if you're hoping to be super successful, have great outcomes, have healthy relationships, you have to overcome great fears. You have to work through things. And just like leg day, you have to take the time, the dedication, the consistency to see the difference. It does not happen overnight. So five practices you can incorporate to do this. Number one, tap into your self-awareness. Be more aware. How do you manage risk? How do you enter uncomfortable situations? Risk-taking, each, bio, each, each person has a biological risk-taking like within them, okay, innate within them. So it's like these internal calculations that determine how we'll handle, handle danger and uncertainty if we encounter it. All I'm thinking about is myself right now. And I'm like, wow, wow, what do those genes look like in me? Because I'm like, literally like, I look back on things that I've done. I'm like, what was I thinking? That was like, I could have totally been taken. Kind of like when I went to Jamaica alone and got drugged, like what was I doing in this third world country by myself? But I did it, you know? And so everybody's uh, biological risk taking algorithm within them operates at a different frequency. So some grab onto risk with both hands and they go all in and others avoid risk at all. And the ones that grab on with both hands, they're, they're not the majority. Okay. Which is why I say I'm in the 1% of the population between bodybuilding, you know, traveling the world by myself, doing things, taking risks all the time. More often than not, I get the words like brave and crazy and, you know, fearless. Who cares? The most important thing is you know your baseline. That's going to allow you to prepare yourself to take new risks. So those that are less risk inclined, so maybe you're, you're the one switching up your latte at Starbucks, you might need to do more research and be more patient with yourself. And then if you are risk inclined and you, you know, you go straight for the skydiving session, maybe you don't even look it up. You don't even look like how many people die a year skydiving? The less risk inclined person is probably going to do that research. 
Also, I did that after I went skydiving. <laughs> By the way, that was the most fun thing, one of the most fun things I've ever done. And when I landed, I was like, can I go back up and do it again? So if you haven't done it, it's fun. I did do it in San Diego on the border of Mexico and I didn't have my passport. So my joke, which I make jokes sometimes when I'm nervous, was like, don't drop me on the wrong side of the, the border because I don't have my passport to get back in. Anyway, beautiful, so much fun. Number two for developing your risk muscle is be open to unconventional alternatives. So there was this study done, multiple studies, um, about studying how our emotions and our stress affect our decisions. So we weigh consequences before making decisions, right? We, we weigh the pros and cons. For me, I make lists all the time. Okay, so in order to move forward with this and develop this risk-taking muscle, we have to adapt our mindset to intentionally explore alternative decisions. It's not always what your mom and dad did or what your friends do. It's what, what feels good within you or what feels uncomfortable within you. So say you consider climbing a mountain, but you risk dying or injury. For example, Cam and I, a couple weeks ago, a month ago or so, we did the incline in Colorado Springs. Some of you may have done that or heard of it. That was scary as shit. It's not an incline. It is a 90 degree angle climbing up a ladder on the side of a mountain. Okay. I'm not even exaggerating. However, I didn't look up how many people die on that before I went and did it. So I'm the more risk inclined person. So I don't do a bunch of research before I do something. I do it. And then I'm like, oh my God, that was so hard. Or that was, that was scary. So if you're considering climbing a mountain, but you're fearful of the risk of injury or death, maybe you explore other options before making the decision to climb the mountain. The lowest risk scenario might involve not climbing at all. Medium risk might be, you know, rock scrambling at a low elevation state park. And the highest risk may be doing the 14er, climbing Mount Everest. But in looking at all these scenarios, we determine the benefits of each alternative So we don't have to judge ourselves. We can say, hey, I'm going to take a calculated risk because let me tell you, a calculated risk always wins. So no matter how uncomfortable it is, just take the step. The third thing is consider risks that enable long-term outcomes. So functional risk-taking is about reasoned risk and understanding future goals and desired, desired outcomes, right? So I'm leaving the medical field of 10 years of ultrasound. I'm taking a risk. I'm going a lot of $100,000 in debt to become a naturopathic physician. It's going to require a lot of my time. My relationships are going to you know, not get as much attention from me. My self-care is going to go down, although it's still going to be on the top of the list. There's a lot of risks, right? Long-term, I'm going to change so many people's lives. I'm a healer, my nature, right? I'm going to show up and in a way, And I'm going to help these people in a way that nobody else can because there's nobody like me, right? So I'm moving towards a long-term goal. So if you're a successful risk taker, usually take risks that help move you toward a long-term goal. But a dysfunctional risk taker, they look at the short-term outcomes. So for example, so there's two employees, they schedule separate meetings with their boss, right? To share their unconventional alternatives that they believe will help the company make a lot of money. The dysfunctional risk taker comes to the table with no data points, no research, no nothing. Okay. She just thought of it. The successful risk taker, in her case, has a calculated, thoughtful, well-planned PowerPoint presentation. Okay. I mean, plainest day to me is like the boss is going to disregard the dysfunctional risk taker and go with the successful risk taker. So again, look long-term when you're taking risks. 
If you have a great job and there's a lot of growth in the, in the, in the field that you're in and you, you know, you're loving it, but your boss just pisses you off one day, don't just walk out the door and quit. That is a dysfunctional risk. Okay. If you, if this is an ongoing thing, you're not growing in the company anymore. It's bad management, poor management. You don't agree with their values, whatever. Okay. What does that look like for you? What direction are you going to go? I'm not saying you have to have everything in place, but be smart about your decisions. Number four, stop talking about risk and extremes. We are such extreme individuals. It's ridiculous. Okay. Risk is bad. It can lead to danger. Risking is good. It can lead to happiness. It can be everything in between. I took a risk, went backpacking alone in Europe, got robbed. I took a risk, went to Jamaica alone, had the best week of my life, then got drugged. I still have no label on risk or on traveling alone. Perspective is everything and making smart decisions is too. So it's more complicated than, oh, this is good or this is bad, right? This is an risk-taking is an integral part of the brain's learning system. It's a potential to grow and explore. No risk is all bad or all good. It's a learning experience. Like when relationships end or jobs end, it's a learning experience. So if we view risk-taking in terms of extremes, like lead to danger, lead to happiness, we confuse our brains. And it usually results in us not taking any risks, avoiding risks altogether, which I don't love that for you. The final tip, the most important, be willing to fail. Fail forward. Successful risk takers, they manage to regulate their emotional response to errors. They place them in a proper context and they learn what they can to do better next time. Y'all, failure for me is the most beautiful thing. It's an opportunity to grow and gain experience. And it's still scary as shit, but it comes down to Carol Dweck and her research on growth and fixed mindsets. Failure is the presentation of a beautiful opportunity. It's not a dead end. It's not a no outlet road, okay? And having this mindset allows you to be fully alive in all of your experiences. Because let me tell you, There will be challenges. There will be setbacks. There will be obstacles. The possibility of failure is always out there. But you know what? It's sitting right next to the possibility of success. Think about that. Where is your risk muscle at? Where can you work a little bit harder? Are you skipping leg day? Don't fall into the sinking sea of comparing yourself to everybody else. I just explained to you how risks taking is on a spectrum and all risks are not created equal. So dive in with these five tips. Face your fear of the unknown and flex your risk muscle a little bit more often. Build it a little bit more. Okay? If you don't pursue things that excite you, where will you be in one, five, ten years? Inaction is the greatest risk of all. Doing nothing is the greatest risk of all. If you stay living in fear, you are just like the rest of the world. So dive deep. Because even if you think you can avoid it, you can't. So the question to ask yourself today is how do you embrace it? I love you so freaking much 
take a risk today, order a different latte, go skydiving, climb glaciers, travel to Alaska by yourself. I don't know what it looks like for you. Just do it. Believe in yourself because I believe in you. I love you so much. Be kind, give back, drink your water, eat your veggies, smile.